Welcome to Trailblazer Igniting Business and Community. Here we will share insights, tools, concepts. We'll bring on guests as we stoke the fire to help grow businesses and communities. Are you ready for this week's episode? Here are our hosts. Welcome back, listeners, to the Trailblazer podcast. My name is Dave McDonald with Mobile Tier. John Oliver, Agile Wealth Partners. And we're so grateful for you guys to join us for this week's episode. This week's episode, we wanted to entitle Profit, Get Some. Mm-hmm. So with that, John, take us in. Well, uh, we were thinking, obviously, as of last episode, we wanted to keep that freight train going. So we talked about revenue last week. Yep. And this week, you probably guessed it, we're going to talk about profit, right? <laughs> that's right that's so what's right. kind of next? And maybe we'll take it a third step one day, and we're going to talk about it a little bit in here, but maybe we'll we'll cut the, to the net profit and kind of like how you can kind of increase that and what that looks like. But that's for another day. Yep. Um, but one of the goals, you know, as all entrepreneurs and startups and, and you know, and, and mature businesses uh, is obviously is to have some profit. You know, you've got to get to the to the land of profit. Yep. And, and if you and if you don't, then you know, it's stressful. I mean, you, you you operate your business and, you know, five, ten years goes by. If you're on the precipice of something, kind of you know you're building something great in the bottom, in the, in the, you know, kind of gurgling underneath, you're, you're feeling you're okay. You're ready to work on Monday. If not, it's a drag. I mean, it ten is. years in and you're not really making any profit, maybe you're living... A kind of like a nice uh, lifestyle because some of those dollars, some of those expenses are lifestyle expenses, but it's it's really not worth it. Yeah, so, it never really trickles into the pocketbook, no. and it's all trickling back into the business half the time, right? Exactly. Uh, so with that, we wanted to kind of you know, as always, this unpack this all important concept. Uh, so again, let's throw out some few questions to keep in mind as we roll through this. What is profit? I get it. This is somewhat of a duh moment, uh, but we do want to get into kind of the nuts and bolts of what that looks like, especially for our startup entrepreneurs that listen. Uh, What are some things that we can do to maximize profit? And finally, what should we be doing once we have profit? Exactly. So, John, you come from that finance world. Yeah. What is profit? What the heck is profit, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, one thing, and you know, Dave, you made a good point here on, on your outline is the idea that it's something we definitely want to get over is, is the idea of, of, you know, we've, we've got some sort of product and once we sell that product, we buy that product for 10 and we sold it for a hundred and, and we made $90. But see, oftentimes if we get stuck in that mindset of that's $90 a profit, then yeah. we're, we're going to lose before we even start. Exactly. <laughs> because... Just think of all the time, all the energy, and all the cost that it took just to get that product for ten dollars. Yeah. I mean, you might have some sort of place that you sit down and do your office work in. So now you got an office. Maybe that product needs to sit in a warehouse. So who's paying for that warehouse cost or that storage cost? Or maybe it's just shipped on delivery. So now you've got delivery costs. So all those costs go into. The idea that you finally got that product and you did sell it for the $100, but let's add in some more. Now we're getting into the idea that maybe you've got two or three employees that help you package that product. Yeah. Another cost. So, 
you guys can go and Google it and, you know, look at it, tons of articles. And I'm not going to kind of beat a dead horse here of like, you know, all the different costs in your business. But just realize that when you are planning and you're kind of preparing for what the costs are going to be to actually get to that point where you do finally sell that that object or you sell that service, is that there's a lot more costs involved than you think from your cell phone to all the way to the bottom line of actually when it gets into your hands, you don't even get to keep that, right? Because you got to do taxes, taxes at the top of it. That's right. So, John, you bring up a good point there is all the stuff that goes into profit. And I think, you know, we are talking offline here. You know, I think it's one of those things that, you know, as a young kid, that's what kind of, you know, got us jazzed to even think about maybe mm-hmm. being entrepreneurs. We had that lemonade stand or you had that car washing or maybe you just mowed lawns in the mm-hmm. neighborhood. And, you know, you get done doing, you know, whatever that activity was and you come back and, you know, you might be, you know, you're 10, 11, 12 years old. You go to your parents and like, look at all the money I just made. Exactly. And your parents are like, that's profit. Yeah. Yeah, but it was mom and dad supplying the gas station, you know, the gas for the lawnmower. It's mom and dad supplying the lemonade and the water and whatever. They never accounted for yeah. it. You the just city didn't ask money. for a permit they for never, the quarter yeah. spot <laughs> there was never because you're only there for three hours. <laughs> exactly. And even as we get into our education, right, I'm, I remember having some professors that, you know, early on in my college education, you know, they were this broad view of profit and never mm-hmm. got into the nuts and bolts of it. And I think that's where a lot of our startups tend to be is like, okay, I need to make revenue and it only costs me X to do it. So all this is profit. No, but you know, once you get a handle on all the stuff that, you know, John, you just talked about, you know, employees and taxes and everything else that comes into play. Why is profit so important to even like focus on? I've got revenue. I pay my bills. What do I care if I net zero at the end of the day? Because everything's taken care of. Hopefully, maybe, maybe not so much my personal life, but my business is all taken care of. My employees are all taken care of. I yeah, paid or, for my inventory. Mm-hmm. Am I good? Yeah, and you're, maybe you, maybe your personal life is okay. You've, you've got enough. Uh, you, you do have a, a home to live in, and maybe you're driving a car on the company dime, for example. Yeah, are you good? I mean, again, that goes back to kind of the first kind of thoughts that I had talked about is the idea that, you know, if you're grinding away and there's really nothing additional to, to show for it, a few things happen. Debt starts to build up. You don't think about it, but that $1,000 charge that you did over here and that $3,000 charge you did over here, well, at the end of the year, if you're not profiting yeah. enough to even pay that off because you start to separate that, that's, oh, that's, that's just some, so that now you start to build up debt. That level seems to be small. The 1,000 turns into four, four turns into 10. Yeah. Now, now you're actually the opposite. Do you actually even have any wealth at all? You're also, what you're doing is you're putting all your eggs in one basket. You're saying that your business is the... The be all, the end all, and it is my ticket to retirement. Yeah. And it, my, if you don't plan with the end in mind, and you're not actually dripping some of those dollars into your pocket, that means you're putting everything, every dollar, every ounce of your time, and every every you know expense into or capital expenditure to make your business better. You're putting it all into your business. If if you're doing that and it doesn't really amount to anything and 15 or 20 or 25 years later or 30 years later, I don't really care. What are you sitting on? I mean, yeah. you might be sitting on a lot of stuff. Well, exactly. Trucks, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't make you sellable either, right? I mean, <coughs> no. if, if I'm a, going in and buying a business and I find out after looking through the books, like it's a solid business. It's making, you know, $300,000, $400,000 a year in gross revenue. 
But because of all the expense and everything else that has to maintain to keep this monster rolling, what, you got a hundred grand, maybe at most, if you're lucky, more like probably 50,000 at the end of the mm-hmm. year, yeah, exactly. that's actual profit. You can't look at someone and be like, I want to sell this for 1.2 million. Yeah. They're going to look at you and laugh. Or they're not even going to talk to you anyways. Correct. So that's the other why profit is so important is at some point you want to leave. You want to retire. You want to exit. Correct. It's got to be worth something. And those profit margins matter to that next buyer. And when you have, even even if your company has retained earnings, so you have a cushion there. So that allows you to be more flexible and also take advantage of opportunities. And or if the profit finally flows and does make it into your pocket, Remember, the think about all the independence that creates that confidence and that comfort, you know? Yeah. If you don't have that, then you're going to always kind of be, you know, everything it's going to be, you know, daily, each day is going to be kind of stressful, you know? You're, For sure. Because you kind of know which has got to go in and out just to, to break even. And I've seen it all the time. I've seen this when I was kind of getting out of the landscape business. I was actually helping a lot of landscapers with like their kind of personal finances. I said, oh, that seems kind of... That seems to be kind Easy of a good connection. Right? <laughs> and um, I would see that just one bad, just one job that had a bad moment in that job, just one could ruin somebody's year. Just a, a negative 10 grand uh, problem, an issue yeah. that came up that was a $10,000 deficit of what they were thinking. And these guys were doing $250,000, $500,000, but they were only bringing home actually in their pockets other than the the trucks that they were buying and the warehouses and all that stuff was yeah. taken care of and their lifestyle wasn't that bad. But that 10 grand being a mistake on that job was, was like a, a, a year making difference. And yeah. that, if that, if you're running in those fumes like that, that's not a good way to go. So exactly. it's never going to work. So how do we, I think that's a great lead into the next thing. How do we maximize our business to reach that profit? You know, one of the things that really stuck out with this topic to me is the whole concept of, you know, make sure that your vendors and your suppliers and your service providers, you've got the best deal possible negotiated with them. Mm-hmm. And to that point, if you've not looked at those deals you've made with your suppliers and whatnot in 18 months, heck, maybe even the last six months, given the time we're in, it's time to take another look, mm-hmm. right? Because you could very well find another vendor that does the exact same thing that this other vendor does, same quality, same products, maybe even a different, maybe a couple of added benefits along with it, but they might be $20 cheaper, $30 cheaper. That allows you to increase your profit without increasing your sales price. Exactly. And that's a beautiful thing and needs to be looked at as an entrepreneur on a regular basis. I'm not saying oh, every month. Yeah, but, but yeah, whenever, once a year maybe, yeah, whenever that look, comes to look yeah, at that. Exactly. I, I would say, as much as you know, humanly possible, but but yeah, maybe monthly is ridiculous because you're not going to get a change. But I, I would say whenever that opportunity comes, where you're thinking to yourself, you know, we've been using these guys for like two years, and actually we've gotten some increases over the last two yeah. years. Let's let's see if we can't figure out what's going on here. Maybe we can reverse. Keep in mind, and I always the the ease of doing business, and if they make you a, a more successful and grow faster. Then, then the cost has got it's got to be taken into consideration. Sure. So, make sure you do that. But I would say that don't just take you know those expenses for what they are. That they aren't just what they are. You need to fight tooth and nail for why you want something, how much you're willing to pay for it. 
And if they don't really want to work with you, then, you know, maybe it's fine time to find a, a new vendor. Exactly. So. You know, now we're talking, you know, with profit, I think, you know, as we continue, especially in how do you maximize this, for our listeners out there, the you know, entrepreneurs and even your startups, this is well within your control. And the reason why I say that is this next item, which is products and services, right, John? So with the products and services side of it, you know, maybe it's a mix that you need to look at. Maybe I need to add a new product line that's, you know, a lost leader like we talked about last week a little bit. Maybe it's just a different mix because I can get it for pennies on a dollar, but I can sell it for 20 bucks. I've got a huge profit margin on this. And let that eat some of the expenses away Why some of your larger ticket items, you know, it took a lot more to get it in. It takes a lot more to sell it. Let that be what you pocket, you know, mm-hmm. or mix that up a little bit. Yeah, I, I think we, this goes well with what we talked about last, last week, just in the idea of knowing where your cash cows are and figuring out how to get the people in the door so that they buy your cash cow. Exactly. Because it might not be... It might not be very well why they actually come in the door, but you, as the business owner, should know where your, where your, you know, where your go-to is, where yeah. you're making those profit margins, and where it actually helps people. So, if you can combine kind of all three of those factors, what helps people the most, so that you're passionate about it? What am I getting the most profit margin on, and how can I, you know, position it so that I can I can get these in front of people? Because if people don't know about it, they're they're not going to be able to buy it, right? Exactly. And keeping so. that mix is solid. So we've talked about product mix, John. We've talked about deals with your vendors and making sure. And by that too, going back to the deals with vendors, that's also your utilities. That's also your rent. That's also the operating expenses. Maybe it's even your CPA. They're charging too much for what they give you. It may be time to show them the mm-hmm. door and find someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different, you know, don't, Sure, quote those, you know, yeah, you've got good vendors, I've got this, I've got the right product mix now, but those operating costs need to be looked at every now and then too. Maybe it's even your payroll provider. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they need to be shown the door because there's other people that can do it as good, maybe better for less money. And technology has gone through the roof on a lot of those things. Exactly. So make sure that you're taking advantage of the cost savings that, that could be out there. Without a doubt. So what about marketing? Yeah, that's the the big elephant in the room. <laughs> I mean, I'll go to a business and they'll be like, "Yeah, we spend you know one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year on on marketing," and you're you're like, "What exactly are you doing?" Well, we did this commercial, and we I've not seen any of it. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, and then and then you go to some where you're like, "Man, you could you know, do you guys like do you know much?" You know, you're kind of wondering like, "I don't really your brand isn't really out there." You look at their marketing budget and it's you know a couple thousand bucks and you're like, man, marketing dollars could really be huge for you. Yeah. So I think the, the first thing on that would be just the analysis of it and just in general. I think it needs to be analyzed, you know, obviously annually at least. And your annual plan should get quarterly reviews of your marketing. It that's where I see the dollars really yeah. going out the door for no good reason. And sometimes the stingy business owners not paying for marketing, and so uh, how do we make how do we get that balance, Dave? You know, it's really looking like you said, John. It's really you know, how much am I putting in, and does it make my register ring? Let's start there because that's where I start with a lot of my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I have clients like you were just talking about, John, that do you know, paper and digital and TV and radio, and they're all over the place in their marketing. They've got huge marketing budgets. Mm-hmm. 
None of it makes a register ring. None mm-hmm. of it's really bringing more people. And then I've got clients that are right there that $1,000 a year, and then they're like, well, I put a Facebook post out there. Or yeah, I put I this out there. And, but when you look, they've got no website. Um, and to that end, your social media business <laughs> yes. page is not a website. Um, Public service announcement let's 100 go there. from Dave. Um, <laughs> drives me insane. Uh, again, to John's point earlier, technology has come so far, we can do websites for pennies on a dollar. It's, let's yeah, not pretty, get crazy pretty here. amazing. But you know, once you find out what that mix is and making sure that what you're spending can be easily allocated in that you know, gross revenue model mm-hmm. so that it will yield profit... And don't, you know, isn't this end of a equation that you still have no money at the end of the month, but don't exactly negate the whole, what you need to market. So it's not only how much money do I need to spend? What's the channels I need to use? And yes, we are in a digital society. So yes, digital needs to be front and center. We're not sending coupons in the United States postal service mailbox. They don't get read. Stop doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and if anyone wants to correct me on that, by all means, I will gladly take the email. Yeah, please. But I know a lot of people that are just like I do. And John, I'm sure you're the same way. Every day you check your mailbox. And before you even walk in the house, I can guarantee what? 60% of that gets tossed right in the recycling bin. Right. Before yeah, you ever walk recycling in the bin, door, yeah. right? Yes. Before you ever walk in the door. Yeah. <laughs> that's all ads. That's basically what I do. I walk up to the recycling <laughs> bin and I and I go through it right there. And, yep. <laughs> and it's it. all ads. So we yeah, those beautiful and... packets of ad, of coupons. <laughs> oh. And you know, quite honestly, you could probably open it if it meets exactly what you need at that moment. The problem is when you call Dave, you call that the coupon. It's not quite what it was in the first place. Exactly. So, so you're like, okay, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> Anyways, well, now tangent. you right to my point, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Deal or no deal, and no, this is not the TV show. In marketing, regardless of which channels you look at, do you offer a deal? Do you not offer a deal? Do you just showcase your brand and your services? I'm going to make the argument you need to do both. There are times that you need to offer a deal. Does it need to be buy one, get one, blow the doors off 60%? No, save that for the big franchises, your furniture stores. Let them do that weird crap. They're selling $4,000 furniture sets. You as a local business owner can still do deals. Maybe it is a buy one, get one, but maybe it's this weekend only. We've mm-hmm. got social media now. You can do these short yeah. bursts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't need to be 30-day activities. But look at, does a deal make sense? And when you look at it, is it going to bring more customers in? Is it going to move this particular product that needs to get moved? Maybe it's something that's getting close to some due date. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other side of it is, by me offering this deal, can I still have enough profit? Again, once I account everything else into this profit category, rent, utilities, and everything else, and this deal that I'm discounting, do I have enough profit? The answer is yes, for the love of Pete. Offer the deal, let's get them in the door because they're probably gonna buy something else. Yeah, you gotta, sometimes you gotta really do that math. And if, in, in our industry, for example, in the service industries, a lot of times what the kind of the bigger, more, you know, well-known firms will do is they'll actually do a cost per client acquisition. Yeah. And they'll say, you know, it costs us, you know, to get our, an A client, it costs us, you know, $10,000. But you know that over the next, you know, 20 years, you're going to make X off of that client. But it, it's very interesting if you start looking at it that way, 
you start saying to yourself, so what what could I do for this client to make them love us for $10,000, for example, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, that's on the higher end of cost per client, but you have to understand whatever yours is, know what it is, use that as a factor. I would say two things with the, with deals. I like uh, services or added values to, yep. to be thrown in. So yes, you are kind of maybe adding a little time or you might be adding a free uh, uh, you know, add in to that deal. So something that you're kind of trying to get rid of goes in with the, you know, the package sure. um, or a service or some sort of value added service or rewards programs. Those are, I'm, yep. I'm very into those. I think secondarily, any marketing you should do should to, you know, we get this conversation a lot about branding versus like marketing and I think when you do your marketing, make sure you're also representing your brand. It's yep. not that hard. <laughs> the logo, the colors, everything. You know, your brand should be in your marketing, and it should be even if you have a deal going on, it should represent your brand. The yep. wording, the message, the look. Make sure it's all there, and and then you're going to get more bang for your buck. Exactly. No, I think those are all great points. So you know, all right. So now we've got we know what profit is. We know what goes into it. And yes, we did leave a few things out. So like John said before, Google it, research it a little bit. Every industry is different. And make sure it fits into what your industry is, yeah. your expenses, everything else. You actually can dial in what does profit mean to me. Really also, and I'm going to throw a caveat here before we go to our last point, John, is making sure when you're looking at your profit, make sure you don't shortchange what you want to get out of this. Mm-hmm. You know, not that, just payroll, but what you want to get out of this long term and, you know, trickle down into my retirement and whatever else that looks like. Put that in that equation because that matters when you're figuring out that profit mix. Um, uh, don't leave you yourself your, out. That brings you to the next point. It does. You have profit. <laughs> you have now what? <laughs> what? What do I do now? Oh, you said yay, right? I did yeah. say yay. So that's the view. You, right? the, profit. you pay everything. And, oh, look, we had, you know, maybe it's even, you know, the local business owner. We had a $5,000 a month in gross revenue. When everything's all said and done, bills are paid, employees are taken care of. Maybe it's just a one, two-person shop. We still have two grand left over. Yeah. Everything's paid. That two grand is profit. You actually paid for everything. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. What do I do with it now, though? Don't go buy a boat. What did yeah, we I was just gonna now? say. I was gonna say like a car, actually, because you had wrote in here. It's like you know the founders and new business owners. It's interesting when they finally get that profit, and maybe that two. Maybe you're in a different business where that two thousand is twelve thousand or twenty. Sure. I don't care what the number is. If you take that profit, especially in those first five years, that actual profit, and it does go into the hundred thousand dollar car or the new house, even to be honest, I don't. I don't care what it is. But if you start to live the glamorous life because you finally start to see some of these profits, as far as I'm concerned, you still have not received any profits because, yeah, yeah sure. I mean, you know, you could buy a house and it can go up in value if you get a good deal. And I'm not talking about kind of like the real estate investment type game. Sure. I'm talking about kind of overpaying for maybe a larger house than you really need. And knowing that, yeah, so what if the value generally goes up, but you're paying top dollar you make a few bucks. Was that really a good investment? Is that profit in your pocket? As far as I'm concerned, no. Yeah. And what we see a lot of times with the startups and founders and, and businesses in those first kind of five-year period of time, really wasting money on things that just don't really... It, 
like if I'm in that position, I'm, and I am exactly in that position right now, I'm looking at what can I do to kind of, if I want to embellish my lifestyle and kind of feel more comfortable and, and kind of reward myself. But I always say, but what can, what can I do to, that will also kind of help my family and my business? You know yeah. what I mean? So does buying a $100,000 car going to change the, the drive that, you know, of the $25,000 car? Now, you know, maybe, maybe you've got personal tastes and all that, whatever. As far as I'm concerned, it's not worth it. For sure. And, and, and I'm using car as an example because it's kind of classic, but you, could, you guys, this goes to, to everything. I mean, you can, uh, uh, there's, there's $100 t-shirts out there, which I can't still get over. <laughs> 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 if you're going to pay 10 or 15, 20 bucks, yeah, sure. You know, so it, it goes to everything. And if you start doing it through everything in your life, and here's another thing that gets, gets done, you start hiring people to do stuff throughout all of your whole life yeah from you know all the way to you know some people if you need it obviously of course but you know extra babysitters and maids and stuff like sure again understand there's some math in that some balance of lifestyle and doesn't make you more productive i'm not okay i'm you know everyone's gonna have their own thing i'm just trying to back myself up on that a little bit but at the same time be very smart in the first part when you when you start to get that initial profit make sure that it, it, it essentially, if, if you want to take it out of the business, see how you can enhance, essentially enhance your business yeah. by taking it out of your, out of your business. Well, and that's where I was thinking of it too, John, as you were talking is, you know, you wind up with this honest to God profit dollar figure at the end of the month, or maybe it's the end of the year, yeah, regardless whatever. of whenever it is, but you wind up with this money. Now I know, and I've done it myself, we've had months that have been pure profit. They've been nice. All of our expenses paid. And what do we do? Well, we need, we're need. we still growing the business. We still do this. So what do we do? We dump it right back into mm-hmm. the business. We you know take care of ourselves and our own personal stuff a little bit, but we dump it right back into the business in the hopes that the next month or the next quarter, that profit well, that we yeah, dump we'll back expand. in yeah. will expand. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. So I guess I want to make the argument to our listeners here that when you've got that profit left over, in all honesty, a portion of it probably does need to get put right back into the business for whatever that next step is, that next stop on your path to take your revenue and ultimately your profit to the next level. But the other part of it, and John, back me up on this, that needs to go in your pocket Mm -hmm. and into not necessarily just your personal operating world and not the new car and not the maybe the new house but maybe needs to go into some kind of investment or retirement Straight, or something yeah, on those. actual and let's, dollars <laughs> let's live out some of this profit you know making sure that your, your your bills are paid you know you don't want to be like hey i fully funded my 401k but i'm three months behind on my mortgage payment that's <laughs> yeah, a no yeah, yeah. no answer you know but other than that let's keep going on that side and again that goes to this point pay yourself now if you're beautiful and how you've structured your business and you maybe you are you're included in payroll so that profit doesn't necessarily have to go to pay you Mm -hmm. that's great because you've already paid yourself through payroll now that profit can go to those investments and everything else yeah i would call that the three bucket strategies that the top bucket and on one side would be your business on the other side is 
all those new capital expenditures and fun, you know, growth business ideas that you've got to reinvest in. So the money yeah. does, it's got to go back and forth and it will, as that profit expands, it's going to go back to your business, right? But in the middle, underneath those two buckets, I put another bucket. Yeah. And that, every time that money goes back and forth to those top two buckets, a little bit should drop down into your personal bucket. Yeah. What does that do for you guys? Man, it makes you, it, your confidence level goes through the roof. You've got a cushion. You can handle an, ex- an emergency, you know. Yeah. You could handle COVID, you know, 19, right? I mean, you could, hold, you could handle a pandemic. A few months goes by and you're not actually worried about it because you've made that third bucket. This is actually a, um, this is, there, you could get some people that would disagree with us here. I mean. I'm sure. Now, I would say <laughs> in the first three years or whatever, I mean, if you're kind of just breaking even and there's really no profit or maybe you just finally getting over the profit, obviously fill up your emergency bucket, invest back into your business, make sure you've got, you know, liquidity. Sure. Okay. But if but don't wait too long because what's going to happen is your three is going to turn into your 13 and that yeah. third bucket didn't get any dollars. And I, and we see it all Regularly. the time. <laughs> like, so what's your, what do you got? Like kind of in your investment accounts? Like, what are you talking about, John? You know, like, well, you're <laughs> 13 years in the business. business and you say that, you know, you, you've got, you know, revenues of a, a million and you know, like what's in your, you know, Schwab account, 80 grand, like, $80,000? Like, no, that was $80. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even, if, if, even if it's 80, though, I mean, yeah. again, you're 13 years in, you're, you know, you got revenues. I mean, you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the so actually 13 years turns into, say, 23, and you're, you're preparing yourself for a sale. Well, if you want to kind of get out of Dodge and you're going to go and travel Europe for, you know, the next 10 years after you sell your business, quote unquote. Well, how are you going to do that if you're pretty much relying on every dollar that your business is going to bring back to you? When you maybe you have four, five, six, maybe you have a hundred thousand. I'm sorry, four or five, six, maybe a million dollars sitting separately from your business. Yeah. Now, what kind of leverage does that give you at the negotiating table, knowing that you really don't? I mean, I don't have to sell today. I'm going to just continue to run my business until it fits the right person, and everybody's going to be happy. Well, if you got a hundred grand in there after 23 years. You're wondering to yourself, like, can I even afford, can I even go to Europe and not actually, like, get any profit? Yeah, Yeah. right. I mean, it changes your whole life. So pay yourself 100%. Start small. Start super small if you have to. But, and then incrementally increase it and you you will see big changes in your, in your business. Exactly. And in addition to that, now that you paid yourself, you've got profit, all your bills are paid. Take some of that profit and maybe it's time to look at some other programs. You know, what are some of the advancements uh, that we can make in the business? I'm not talking operations. I'm talking, is it that second location? I'm talking, is it, you know, a new product figure we can bring in? Other stuff that's going to drastically boost up that profit. But you can now do that if your profit mix is the right way. Again, going back to it, you paid yourself. You've got the right vendors. You've got the right deals. You've got your marketing strategy all in play. Now that's profit. To John's point he just made, how much more negotiation power do you have? You've got money you've put away. You've got money. You can now can take the extra cash and go, you know what? I'm going to negotiate for that new building in XYZ City 20 minutes down the road because I can now. I've already built this. It's already doing well. It's already paying for itself. I've got profit. Yep, I can go do this. Exactly. 
you know, even maybe it's the flexibility of going, you know what? I like my business the way it is. Maybe I can go to Europe and maybe I'll start something there. Yeah, or I no. can travel and see what else is out there. I don't have to be in the business 24-7 to make this happen. Because again, at least for me, and that's why I started my business, was my ultimate goal is not only to be able to take care of my family and everything else and have that profit, but I want to have that freedom. To I don't want to have to work 50 hours a week to make the money. You know, I want to employ people and I want to do that thing and then I want to go and achieve my other wants. I can't do that until there's profit to do that with and then I have the freedom. And so to close it up on my end, it sounds like what you're saying, Dave, is that you like to put yourself in position to have choices, yeah. to have flexibility, and ultimately to have independence, right? Exactly. I mean, that's what we're doing this for. And independence doesn't mean a crap load of profit at the end of the month. It really doesn't. You've got to build your lifestyle around what's an independent lifestyle for you. Sure. But make sure you don't skip out on yourself to create that. Because if you, if you, if you do, then you're not going to have the choices. You're not going to have the independence. You're not going to have the comfort. And exactly. if you do have that, um, then when you go back to your vendors, now you know where those dollars go. You see what I mean? Like, like look, we just saved $100 a month. Like, now I can maybe increase the wages of my employees to make them happy. happy. Or we just added $1,000 to the bottom line. Like, you can start to see it. Yep. If not, if it gets so messy where there's just all this money going in, all this money going out, at the end of the month, you're like, okay, we did pretty good. If you don't have a handle on it and that's the way that you're going about it, it's time to kind of go back to this episode, listen to point one and two, yeah. and really think about what's going on um, and so that you can get that independence in your life. Exactly. And I think to wrap up on mine real quick is just, again, to John's point, take a look at everything. This is the time. I get it. 2020 has been jacked up. It doesn't change the fact that you might be looking and going, dude, we did not do any profit at all. We were down. We were out. Nope. You're not down. You're not out. You were just on pause. Go back and take these next two months as we're finishing out the fourth quarter. Reset a couple things because as you can thrive in this last quarter, you can also set yourself up to hit the ground running in 2021 and maybe be back in that profit in a short period of time. So with that, I'm Dave McDonald with Mobile Tier. John Oliver, Agile Wealth Partners. And we'll catch you guys next time on the Trailblazer Podcast. Thanks again for listening to Trailblazer, igniting business and community. Please follow us on Facebook at Trailblazer IBC, where you can post any questions or comments, or you can send them by email at trailblazeribc at gmail.com. Any statements and tools talked about are for conversational purposes. Please reach out to professionals for specific advice as it relates to your business.